Why you got to comment on this before we start recording? (laughs) (laughs) You just phoned it in. No, it's all good. (laughs) Hey, everybody. This is Brian. And this is Josh. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. You mean creative? Yeah, I did that wrong, but you're <laughs> supposed to roll with it, Brian. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yes. Follow us on your favorite podcast app and receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and want to dive deeper, visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man, I got to raise the volume, folks. Sorry. Here, theme song coming in. Oh, my gosh. There it goes. <laughs> you're, you're, the secret sauce, Brian. It's the secret sauce. You just got to let uh, it go. <laughs> Maybe we call this one the secret sauce. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it just thrown all of our constructs out the window, so I don't even know what we're <laughs> we're going to call it. But, I mean, this is an interesting episode, and I want, I want you to talk about why you wanted to talk about this. I wanted to talk about saying more with less. Sure. Okay. Now, Josh knows that I'm not without lots of things to say at any given time, especially with those who I trust and find like right. be somebody who'd be willing to listen. Now, my bass playing life is very different from that. Now, let me talk about the two different mindsets. When I play bass, one of my favorite musicians of all time is Sting. Now, Sting has great command of a lot of musical talent, and he plays bass, and he sings. When he plays bass, he purposely tries to say the most he can with the least amount of like voice on the bass. Oftentimes on the lower registered instruments, if you get too busy, it starts to interfere with everything else because it's by its nature a very powerful instrument. And by the role that it plays, it's a foundational level, meaning like whatever the lowest note you play is, will influence everything else that sits on top of it. Okay. I've taken those cues well. Moving to Nashville, I was a young player, and I played all the things twice in the same song. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to show people I could play. You could do it. Yeah. I had the great privilege of sitting in on studio sessions, which is where I met uh, the great Leslie Satcher, uh, singer-songwriter who has written many hits around Nashville. And I reconnected with her years later, which is a fun story for another day. But the bass players there were Mike Brignadello, Mike Chapman. Right? Now, for anybody who is in the bass world or in the Nashville area, you know these names because these guys have played on a whole lot of stuff. They'll come in and they'll you know, hear the tune. They have the chart. They go sit down. They played very simply. And what I took away was 
I could play that. But would I have played that? And that was the question that lodged itself in my mind because they said a lot without saying much. And I feel like these two parts of my life need to kind of combine somehow. So kind of intermix a little bit more than they're doing. So let me pick that apart a little bit. Let me ask you some questions. I think this might be a good episode for that. Um, Why do you feel, is it because, okay, so do you feel that because people with more experience and more knowledge in the industry have talked to you about that? Or do you just feel that because like you think you're just, you just need to do that? Sometimes I think I process out loud. Sure. I think what I've learned as I've gotten older is that I would have said fragments of putting the idea together in a way that it didn't make sense to people. Does that sure. make sense? So yeah, just like, uh, because would, you have knowledge that they might not. Correct. Some of it would be, um, how sometimes my mind works where I'm asking seemingly unrelated questions because of what I'm doing basically is creating but you're a intertwining them with whatever you're thinking. Correct. I do that same thing. So some people I think a really lot of, say, go ahead. I think creative people do because uh, creative people like Brian and I, like we want to, we think like maybe 15, 20 steps ahead. And it might not even be like an innate thing. We just do it. Uh, well, that means that's a very definition of innate. But what I'm saying is it's not a, a thing that we're actually thinking we're doing. We're just doing it. So that is innate. But what I I really do feel is that maybe you thought, like with the bass playing, for example, that you were trying to be like impressive and flashy. And these people are like, you don't have to do that. Uh, do this. And 99% of the people that will listen to this are going to be, are, are going to love this. And you can take that effort and actually put it towards that. So you don't have to embellish. You just have to give people what they need. It's that whole thing, like give people what they what they need, not what they want. And I, I think that is a skill. It's an art. There is this subtle thing with a lot of people. Like they will give you exactly what you need. And you're like, I want more. I, I always think it's great to leave people wanting more. Instead of like, oh, I'm like over full. So like if you're eating, isn't it great to like eat a steak and you want more steak? It's not really great to eat the steak and you're so full that you can't even move. And I think that's the same concept. Right, Brian? I would uh, piggyback on that by saying this. In a musical conversation, when I say musical conversation, I'm really just being fancy and saying like, you know, you're jamming with musicians. You're, you're, you're talking to musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Unless jamming. you are, unless you are um, playing by yourself as a solo artist, you have to play with others. And the way that you play well with others is you allow them to speak. Now in a, in a dynamic musical environment, what you say may actually be taken in a different direction 
but that makes it fun. Sure. You don't necessarily know where it's going to go. Right. So I think sometimes in my life, I felt like I needed to talk more to control the conversation rather than allowing enough working ambiguity or letting the word sit. I don't do that well. And I think that's a reflection sometimes of my own comfort level with silence. Now, silence as a bass player is probably one of the scariest things you can do. <laughs> it was for me. For sure. I was for scared. Sure. If I don't I say it. something, what's going to happen? Like the band's going to fall apart. Right. Or it might have been because honestly, like I knew I had to say the right thing coming back in because it gave it more importance. But that's probably something good to riff on too. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the silence, like the power of silence, like the sound of silence, like this is that, that like speaking, but not speaking. So like when you're a kid and you know, your dad or your, you did something wrong and you know, you did something wrong and your dad or mom are talking to you. But the worst thing that could happen is like, you know, they know that you did something. And then you come home and they don't say anything. That's the worst thing that can happen. That's the worst thing that can happen when you're married. You know, your wife knows you did something or you didn't do something and it peeved her off or peeved her off, him off if you're, you know, if you're whatever. And they don't say anything. And then you say, and then all of a sudden you just crack and you're like, are we going to talk about this? <laughs> and they're like, you just disappoint me. <laughs> my dad, <laughs> he used to have this. My dad did this in expert level. You're, I'm not mad, Josh. I'm just disappointed in you. And that really like hurt me deep a lot of times and i'm like why what did i do he's like oh i'm not mad at what you did just i'm just disappointed you know and i think that's the same thing like you're thinking about that you're like oh if i don't do this they're going to be disappointed in me and that's worse than being mad because if you're mad at somebody you know exactly why you're mad at them but if you're disappointed in somebody it's because a long stretch of time has happened and they've been doing lots of wrong things in a row. And you might not have said anything. And all of a sudden you're like, eh. You know, we're just tapping out of this conversation. And I I honestly feel that. Like, as an adult, I kind of get it now. But as a kid, I was, like, moved by that. I was like, oh, you know, I'm not getting a whooping and then it's over. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I would love that. Like, yeah, spank me. And then it's over and we can start again. Because that was the culmination of that. Right. But the I'm disappointed meant I had to, like, work extra hard in the future just to get up to the level where I'm even again. And then I can keep going. And I think that's a real human thing. Right, Brian? Yeah, feeling like you have to rise to the occasion. Right. Earn back position. And that touches back, I think, on any loving relationship. 
one of the best things I've I've heard in terms of that is that you know love should be unconditional, but relationships are conditional. And so you know I right. know your dad loves you, you know right. relationally at that moment. Something just like <laughs> he was <him>. disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> something wore him out. <laughs> he was disappointed, and I get it. My dad's a guy. He's a person. He's a human being. He's fallible. Now, as an adult, I think that like my dad has really tried to uh, find more common ground with me in a in a weird way, almost a weird way. Sometimes, like I'm like. Yes, dad, I love you too. You know, it's like, it's like this, but I honestly feel that like he's trying to make up for any insecurities that he might've had because my dad worked a lot. He still works a lot and he's older now, but he's, he worked a lot when I was a kid. Like he was not around a lot of times and he would take me to work sometimes and I would work with him and I would do that stuff and I loved it. But I think that that's the insecurity talking like that is like, you know, like I think my dad sometimes he doesn't fail to realize I'm an adult, but he might fail to realize that I understand. And I think that's the problem or not problem, but that's the issue. Uh, As I've gotten older, I understand why he did X, Y and Z. Now, it doesn't. In my mind as a kid, I'm like, I just don't get it. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I couldn't even believe you did that much. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, Brian's a, yeah. a Brian's a dad of two uh, teenagers now. And your oldest son is about to graduate in a year or so. Yes. And so you're probably in that same mode now. You're thinking like, oh, did I do enough? Did I do this? Well, I did what I could. And, you know, your son might be thinking, well, I don't know. (laughs) Five or ten years from now, though, he's going to be like, you know, my dad did a lot. (laughs) Some of that has actually come back recently as he was a uh, camp counselor for the summer. Right. Now, he had to deal with children that were younger than him and and, and groups of them. Right. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. There's some sweet realizations that have come back to Sabrina <laughs> and myself as he said. Oh this yeah, back. I'm yeah, great. <laughs> and what actually, what's been very wonderful for me, he's telling me these things. Yeah, and I don't say anything; I just grin. And he looks at me, and goes, "Yes, I know, Dad. This is the thing coming back now <laughs> to say that you were right." And he doesn't even have his own kids yet. He doesn't have his own kids. Wait, and I didn't have. <laughs> And I, yeah, I didn't That's have the giddiness go... you're banking now. <laughs> you're like, yep, it's going to happen. I'm grateful that he's learning it now. Right. That he's having realizations now. It means that you've learned something sooner than me. Like that is a, I'll take a victory lap on that one. Yeah. Because Sabrina and I have looked at each other and go, we only have a year left to try to get this, <laughs> everything. No, I mean, in reality, tiny, Brian, yeah. I, I know you guys don't want to hear this, but it's over. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Like the the major parts are over. <laughs> he's yep. he's got to come groveling back now, you know. Which is <laughs> And good. that might he, he might take a kick the swift kick in the butt, you know. And I might not be the one to give it to him. Mhm. And it may be something that just is a hanging moment. You know, right. uh, I'm reminded of a kind of a closing thought here. 
Yeah. Good script writing. Both you and I always will riff about shows that we're watching and why we like it. Right. And you know, one of the things that makes a good script is conflict. Now, Absolutely. I don't mean that you're always like punching people in the face conflict. <laughs> no, but internal conflict. And one thing you should do with the way they represent it visually on the screen is notice this is whatever scene is there. When that scene ends and they cut to a different part of the action, something has fundamentally affected somebody to move something forward. They don't leave it just status quo. There's something that is unresolved that's moving it forward. Right. So using that silence sometimes allows you to let that tension sit. And it's like chili sitting in a refrigerator. It's going to get better. It's all going to gel together. I love that. I think we uh, let it sit there, huh, Brian? Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.